Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Mental health has become more and more of a priority for school districts in recent years, but sometimes it can be a struggle to get students to take advantage of mental health services. In one Central Valley district, two therapy dogs are helping to destigmatize mental health issues and provide services. It's been great to have them be a part of our school district and our culture because they allow people to just put down those barriers and those defenses and allow them to, to be able to open up. How can therapy dogs help reach students who need mental health services? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stabley. Jeter and Scout are cockapoos. That's a mix of cocker spaniel and poodle. So they're very cute. But they also have some extra special superpowers. They're therapy dogs for Selma Unified School District. I call my co-therapist. Um, so they are my co-therapist. This is Christy Rangel. She's Selma Unified's lead mental health clinician. She says during lunchtime at the high school, Jeter and Scout are usually out and about mingling with the students. But one lunchtime, she says, Jeter didn't want to come back inside. He was sitting with a student. Student had hood on, would not look up. And then I was like, oh, I can write you a pass to get to class. Mm -hmm. And the student finally looked up and I just saw all these tears like covering her face. And Jeter was just, he didn't want to leave her. So I said, well, why don't you come into my office and I can kind of talk a little bit more about Jeter and tell you about Jeter and what he does. So she came in and then we were able to get her help and support. Jeter has been working as a therapy dog for Selma Unified since 2016 and Scout since 2021. And according to Christy, they've made a huge difference, not only in identifying patients, but also in providing therapeutic services and just in making students and parents more comfortable asking for services, in actually changing the culture of mental health. Once we started to incorporate uh, Jeter in 2016, that's when we really started to see the stigma decrease because um, he's really a part of the community because we attend a lot of events and he gets invited to a lot of events. But just having that exposure out there, even parents are like, oh, I need to go see Jeter. Or like, I need to get some help for yeah. my child, basically. And I feel like it's just made it easier for kids to ask for help. I think he just represents like this calmness, this like, I care about you and I'm here for you. And with, um, with students, it's, and with parents too, it's, it's safe. You're not going to judge me. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, how dogs can help get students into mental health therapy. EdSource's new Central Valley journalism resident, Lasherica Thornton, just wrote about Jeter and Scout. And she also interviewed Christy Ringel for this podcast. So Lasherica, tell me how you first heard about Jeter and Scout, these dogs. So I actually first met them a couple of months ago when 
I visited Eric White Elementary School. They were actually honoring and thanking the Selma Police Department. Um, the, the police force had just lost an officer. And so they were thanking the police for keeping them safe on that day as well as every other day. Um, and I was talking to the superintendent, Dr. Marilyn Shepard, and she was just like, would you like to meet our therapy dogs, Jeter and Scout? And so she walked me over and introduced me to them. And the first thing I saw was they were sitting in their little wagon and students were just walking by petting them and they just knew who they were. They just knew why they were there. And I found out that the dogs had actually been helping the students and the staff process what had just happened. And also at the high school, they had a mental health awareness event and they had booths and tables lined up with different mental health awareness activities, but Jeter and Scout were in their wagon at the end waiting to take pictures with students. And they had the little camera where the students were actually able to have a keepsake. And so you, I could hear just students talk about, oh, there's Jeter and Scout, or oh, let me, let's take a picture with Jeter and Scout. So they, they were obviously, yeah, they were, of course, participating in all the tables and booths, but they were also, these are high schoolers who were excited about getting to take a picture with, with the dogs and getting to to, to to play with the dogs at the end. So, you know, I really got to see what Christy meant by what she always said, like they changed the culture of mental health here because they were telling me how, you know, less than a decade ago, nobody would come up to the mental health activities. Now there were hundreds of students actually participating in these activities and learning coping skills and, and everything all because they were going to get to spend time with Jeter and Scott at the end. How did this district start using therapy dogs? It actually started with the with Jeter's owner, Christy. Um, she had been a part of the mental health team since they formed back in 2014. And she pitched the idea to them because she had saw therapy dogs in use at her previous job in Napa County with the juvenile justice department. I was a forensic therapist for the juvenile justice system up in Napa County. And so they would bring therapy dogs into the juvenile hall on Wednesdays. Um, after the youth would report back to the pod after um, after they attended court. And most of the time, you know, it wasn't good news for the kids. But I noticed when they had the therapy dogs there, they weren't calling me to go to the pod to go and help calm some of the youth down because the dogs were there to provide that comfort and support for them. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So she had already started getting herself and Jeter certified in animal-assisted therapy at the time. Um, and Jeter was actually already working with Valley Children's Hospital to get the school board to do it. She had just really done her research about the benefits of it and just kept going back to the board to try to get them to see the benefits of it. And they eventually got on board. And so tell me how often they're on campus and kind of what these two dogs uh, do for kids. So they are their base of operations, so to speak, is at actually at the high school. But there are mental health team members on each of the campuses at least twice a week. And Jeter and Scout, they come into play. It really depends. So they could be called to a crisis situation. So they may be on campus for that or they may be on campus for an actual individual therapy session. It really just depends on the needs of the students. And so I I understand the concept of therapy dogs, but I don't really understand exactly what they do. So can you kind of describe it? Like, is it just like the kids get to pet them? Like, you know, how is it that the dogs provide like help with kids' mental health? So it's kind of multifaceted, right? So it could be actually helping identify students. So just like the story we heard earlier about the student who was sitting with her hood over their head. 
Christy says Jeter is very good at identifying students who need help. So he's very cortisol sensitive. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And dogs have such sensitive noses that some can actually smell stressed out humans. Like, I really do feel that. Like, he just, he's so in tune with students. Like, he identifies and spots them. It's just, it's amazing how he does that. Um, even with our staff, they, they're, they'll they be having a bad day. And he goes and he sits right there like, come pet me. <laughs> and other examples, Christy gave me an example of some pretty deep stuff a student had actually self-harmed. And so she came into Christy's office afterwards. And so Scout, without hesitation, plopped up, put her paws on the student's legs and was applying pressure to them. And I told the student, put your hand underneath her belly, the other one on top of her belly, and breathe with her. So it really helped regulate her and it helped decrease that anxiety. So then she was able to um, verbalize what she was feeling and we could process. So it's that petting, it's that comfort, as Christy described it to me. By petting them, the texture, Mm -hmm. it's soft, it's comforting. Um, Even just, you know, when the dogs are just looking at them, making eye contact Mm -hmm. with them, they really just help them regulate. Um, With the students having um, a panic attack, Other examples are when students shut down and don't want to talk to Christy or when students are uncomfortable talking to adults or uncomfortable trusting adults, so to speak. When the dogs are there, they're that kind of, they help build that trust. I had a student once too, we were conducting a risk assessment, shut down, would not speak. I put Jeter up on the table and Jeter went and he was like, he doesn't like to use his paws, he uses his nose. And he was nudging the student like, you know, pet me, pet me. And then he, Jeter went and sat on his lap and the student just started crying and was just hugging Jeter. And then we were able to process. Wow. It's that comfort, like that judgment-free, I care about you, I love you. Like, it's amazing. Jeter has helped kids process really hard stuff, like a mom who died in a car accident. And also some more day-to-day stuff, like following teacher's instructions and some social skills, like making eye contact. A lot of kids struggle with that post-pandemic. So through a lot of games, like sit, stay, leave it is one of the games that the dogs play. The dogs have to make, actually have to make eye contact before they can receive a treat. And so through, through games like that, the students learn the importance of eye contact. In other situations, students actually identify with the dogs and the dogs' different personalities. So, for example, kids will tell Christy, oh, I'm more like Jeter, or my sister bugs me like Scout bugs Jeter. So they're identifying with the dogs and they're opening up in that way so that they can eventually talk about other things with Christy. In other examples, um, Christy was telling me how there was actually a fifth grade student with something called selective mutism. It's like this anxiety disorder where someone is unable to speak in certain situations. The county therapist had actually referred the student to Christy. And the boy, he wouldn't talk to Christy at first, but he would whisper to Jeter. Lasherika, can you explain a little bit more about where Selma is and, you know, just a little bit more about the district? And like why why these services are so so crucial for for this district? Selma is a it's considered a rural community. It's more than fifteen miles southeast of Fresno, but because Selma is still in Fresno County, when it comes to services, a lot of them may may still be centered in Fresno. So of course, for a lot of families, that may be a long drive. 
I mean, for some, really difficult for families to to get to. And so Christy was telling me how for a lot of people in Selma, if they wanted to connect to services through like Fresno County, it would take anywhere between three to six months to connect. And so that's why it was important for the school district to have its own mental health team, because if they can identify students, if they can get services to students, it only takes about a week or so to get start those services. The first year Christy joined Selma Unified as a mental health clinician in 2014, the team received 32 referrals. Students would tell Christy, I don't need to talk to you. I'm fine. Parents would say, my kid's not crazy. But after Jeter came, the referrals increased to nearly 200 in 2019 and to more than 900 this past school year in 2023, 30 times more than when Christy first started in the district. Christy says a lot of that is because of Jeter. Debbie Richardson, she's our deputy principal, and I often get a lot of my referrals from her because she'll be like, this kid doesn't want mental health, but as soon as I said Jeter and Scout, they said yes. <laughs> Even with parents, it's just, he. I had a parent once who was yelling at the principal about something. I walk in with Jeter and all of a sudden, oh, that's the therapy dog. It's less threatening and it's like, okay, my my kid's going to see Jeter and I feel like there's... It's okay for kids to come and say hi to Jeter and come and pet him. And I feel like parents don't feel less threatened. Like I had one parent one time who was like, I don't want my child to interact with Jeter one-on-one because, oh, then they're going to think they're crazy or something's going on with them. But I think as the parents started to see that everyone was like, oh, it's a, it's a positive thing. It's a great thing to come and see Jeter. That attitude shifted where it was like, oh, it's okay if my kid has one-on-one time with Jeter. Since Jeter and Scout can't be in every classroom or with every student, the school district also has little versions, plushies. At the elementary level, the middle school level, and the high school level, teachers will have plushies in their classrooms where students can just go up. And if they're having a bad day, they'll go up and get the plushies and they'll be able to hug the, the, the plushies who feel like the dogs. And So these are stuffed animals that look like Jeter. Yes. <laughs> And so they, those students know that they can go up there in class. And, and even they say teachers will come around and say, oh, we need more Jeter plushies. Can you share a little bit about what students told you about the dogs? Yes. Um, I actually had the great opportunity to talk to three students. One of them in particular um, actually receives therapy through the school. And the other two are um, student leaders on campus. Ronnie, she is 17 years old. She's um, so mental health services this school year, she had literally like a two point something GPA before she sought services. One of the, the key things that stood out about our interview was she told me how she she bites and picks at her nails, but not when she's in therapy with the dogs because she's she's so busy, you know, petting and smiling at and looking at the dogs. She talked about how it really helps her or really helps any student because the dogs give students something to put their attention on. I think they're very um, calming, just like when you're upset. Like I walk in here and if I'm having a bad day, who's not going to smile when they see some acute dogs run up to them? It's just, it's very comforting. And they've, they've just, they're very helpful. It makes you not feel so like tense, I guess, because if you're alone in a room with someone and you're just like, someone's dead staring you in the eye, it's kind of like intimidating. Yeah. If uh, you don't know the person yet. Yeah. I think it's very helpful to have um, like something, something to pay attention to or something like, like just to, you know, smile at. 
after a year of, of mental health services, her she's she now has a 4.0 GPA. And she again credits the dog. That's what I said. I said I told her I said to a four oh, she's like, yeah. She and she she told me how it all goes back to to her mental health. She said, I notice when my mental health is suffering, so are my grades. Um, and she just talked about how she was so unhappy before she sought mental health services, but now she's a happier person. Lasherica, what's your biggest takeaway from all of this? The students, even how they talk about mental health, they talk about how the first big step in the importance of mental health is asking for help and realizing that they need help and realizing that those mental health services are there. Um, and so just to hear teenagers talk about that um, really, I think, is telling of how the mental health culture in Selma has changed. How are you going to live like a happy life if you're all the time like thinking, oh, like this is bad because it's not bad. Therapy yeah. isn't bad. Yeah. The stigma mm-hmm. around it is just terrible because it's like it's stopping a lot of people from getting the help they need. And I think having Jeter and Scout and our, our encouraging teachers and, and staff and clinicians here really help our community just kind of take that stigma away. Like. It's talked about so much that there isn't really much stigma. Yeah. The do- Who doesn't love a dog, right? <laughs> Who doesn't love petting a dog, yeah. you know? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find LaSherica's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Christy Rangel and reporter Lasherica Thornton. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the James B. McClatchy Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.